1: Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2016.
2: I'm Michael Ligiello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology.
3: And I'm Kevin Allen of USA Today Sports.
1: And I am Eklund. And you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every time of day, this time of day, during the day. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying. In the <laughs> afternoons, we talk about hockey, and we're happy to have Kevin back today after what was maybe the craziest Thirty or twenty-three minutes, or whatever they're calling it, in in a uh, in trading rumor slash history. Um,
0: and, and of course, Kevin, I'm driving up the QEW at the time that all this is happening. It couldn't it couldn't happen when I'm sitting at my desk writing my story. It had to happen when I'm head, when I'm up going 120 kilometers over the Burlington Skyway, and all of a sudden, PK Subban gets traded for Shea Weber.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was such a crazy period, that we can't even agree on how many minutes uh, <laughs> duration. Like, I've seen some people have said, you know, 23 minutes. I've seen 24. I've seen 25. I just say under 30.
1: You know. And, um, and who would have ever thought that it would have been possible for Steven Stamkos to be the least newsworthy of three stories um, at the time it happened? That's the crazy thing to me. Like, we were, and were all sitting here charting Stamkos minute after minute after minute, and it turns out that when he actually signs, he's signed and buried by the other two stories. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was big. I, I probably if I had to rate them, I would still rate Stamkos as second on that, uh, just because the you know the New Jersey Devils, God love them, but the, you know they they're not the right. highest profile team in the league to be sure. So right, um, yeah, that was that's the one. Like, I mean, there were winners obviously in all three trades, but the the, the Devils were the clear cut winner in that trade. I mean, it's not even. Like you can't even—at least in the Montreal trade—they're getting back a, um, you know, a dominant defenseman in return. I mean, I—I I, I think the Predators win that trade, but I mean, they're the the Canadians—they're probably not a better team, but they're not a worse team uh, because of, of that trade. Um, but oh my gosh, like the the Devils just hit. Not only a home run, but a grand slam and out of the ballpark, 612 feet is what I measured the distance of that home run.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, if, hey, if you could have said uh, there was any way that the Devils could get Taylor Hall, I would have said no. I would have said there's no way they can get Taylor Hall. There's no one they have that could trade for Taylor Hall. They, I just didn't think there was any – I mean, you know, Gary well, Schneider maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. this, this, this is the thing, and
0: I'll like having – but Russ and I were talking when that deal happened because I called him immediately and tried, and tried to text you. And we're saying, okay, what besides Larson? Could it be Pavel Zaka? Could it be this? Could it be that? And then when we find out it's a one-for-one, one, we're like, did Peter Shirelli have a lobotomy? Because that doesn't make
2: any sense. I'll
3: tell you what happened. Go ahead, dress He
2: went shopping for defensemen. The price is ridiculously high. He bought a defenseman off the rack, and he needed a right-handed shot. And when you do that, he had to pay the highest possible price because – he, was, he not only needed a defenseman, but he needed a right-handed shot, too. And the right-handed shots are hard to find. So it's the same thing as going shopping on a day where there's no sales. I mean, that's really what it was.
1: <laughs> so he went to the Nike store, essentially, instead yeah. of going to, like, pay less
3: and picked yeah. up a Nike version. Yeah, I think I think it's worse than that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think that he not only went shop, you know, ba- basically he got a Kmart item at Saks Fifth Avenue, price. <laughs> Like, I, like, Larson is a good defenseman, Like, but he's a B or a B-plus with right. being an A-minus. Right. And Taylor Hall is an A-forward, a, forward, a, a right. speed forward at a time when speed is becoming even more central and crucial to the way the game is played. And I completely agree with Mike. I, I, I said, and I've, I've said since this trade has happened, if you said to me, well, the Oilers made a trade, and, you know, the guy they got back is Larson. Okay, so far I'm okay with it. And then they got back next year's first-round pick and uh, a second-round pick, and then the Devils gave, uh, um, uh, you know, a third-round pick went back to the, uh, the Devils. I, I say, all right, yeah, I, I see that trade because uh, Russ is right. They needed a defenseman. He's a good young defenseman. He's got potential upside. But there was nothing to it, and I know – when they sign Lucic tomorrow, they're going to say that the deal was yep. we acquired cap space, which you know so many general managers love to sell you on the idea that that is an asset. That's you know it's important that you get that. You get that in the deal. You get cap space. Yep. But I'm still not buying it because yep. I, I still believe you could have gotten more and 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 achieved the same thing. Like uh, you know going to someone who has a very good top flight young defenseman and say, give me that, your first round pick and your second, and I'll make the deal. Achieves, you know
1: This is of- more this is more than the Blue Jackets that th- this is more than this is more than Ryan Johansson's. This is more than Seth Jones right. in my opinion. Seth Jones is a better defenseman, right? We all kind of agree he has more upside than 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 Larson. But yeah. Yeah. You know they got, and Ryan Johansson is a is not as good as Taylor Hall. So to me, this is a completely they got. You well, know, not yet. Him. I
2: wouldn't I wouldn't
1: close the book on that just yet. Well, the the funny
0: the funny thing is, and when when Clefbaum's contract was signed last year, and we did a a, a webcast on that, and we questioned, you know, I think he had had sixty seven games in his career. He was signed for around four point one million dollars, and I remember. Comparing him to right. another questionable signing for the same, almost same amount that was Larson. Now they have both of them, and I'm not saying that they're bad defensemen. I think they're pretty decent defensemen, but for the price that Edmonton paid, you had to get yourself a legitimate, no doubt top pairing guy. And I think at best Larson is a good second pairing guy, and he he doesn't generate offense. So I, I again I don't I mean, know what Peter
2: Shirelli's thinking. I, I understand a being a judge. Judge. He does have a good shot. He can generate more offense than New Jersey let him. But even forgetting about that, I think maybe Edmonton was going for the shock value here. We kept hearing that that locker room needed to be like shocked. And, and maybe Taylor Hall removing <laughs> him from so the shock was yeah. the biggest kind of shock you could do to that team. I mean, that's the only thing I can come up with. He accomplished it.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, it's crazy. It is as crazy, but as crazy as it sounds, and I agree with you, Kevin. That's you know the other the other trade is the the Subban for Weber trade is far more equitable. It makes more sense in both teams you can see where their teams are going with it. Yeah. But you know, Canadians fans, I got into it with them this morning. They're equally as upset, if not more upset, about that trade than the Oilers fans appear to be about
3: the Hall trade. Oh. Um, it's, oh, I don't know about that. The Oilers fans are. No, they're
1: upset. But you, but man,
3: have you been seeing the? Well, there's are. a popularity issue here too. I mean, Subban was such a popular right. player in Montreal, and and I, look, I don't want to make any mistake about it. I I think the, and I think we all would agree that the Predators won that trade. You know, they right. gained four years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you guys all know the way let plays. Yeah. And the way let plays is perfect for Subban. And to be honest, the way that Weber likes to play is actually perfect for Tarion. Right. Now, for sure. from, from th- this is why I think it's okay from the Montreal perspective. Like, I, certainly, I, I agree that, that the Predators won the trade, but it, why it's okay is that they, you know, if you're going to be goalie dependent, which they are, and, um, I just could launch another rant by Mike about the fact they have no offense, uh, because uh, he's been around on that for two years, and he's right about that. Um, but if you're going to be goalie dependent, you better be hard to play against. And they were not hard to play against, and they couldn't get to the net. So right, now, right. last week, they've added Andrew Shaw and Shea Weber to go with Ren, to, to go with Gallagher. Now, right. now all of a sudden, you want to play the Canadians in a playoff uh, game where you got to keep your head up when you enter the zone now because yeah. of, of Shea Weber and you know, you're going to have to deal with Shaw, and, and Shaw obviously will go to the net. And, uh, you know, if you can't get the puck to the net from your forwards, then hammer it there with a big, booming slap shot right, right. from Weber. So, you know, like, it's not a disaster for uh, Montreal. They just lose because they gave up the, you know, they're going to have the Weber contract ad infinitum, and yeah. they, they gave up four years um, on the... Uh, on the eight, so, you know, but I, I, I think Montreal fans will learn to appreciate what Weber brings. I do, too. I, I, I think, think the big question,
2: time. how many more goals will Weber generate for the team? Like, you know, he'll get five to eight more goals than Subban a season, but he shoots a lot on net. How many more goals will go in from Shaw and other guys? Like, how many more goals did they pick up on a season from him? That's what I think they're looking at, and I'm not sure they're going to get as many as they hope for.
3: Well, they had the same number of points, you know. Just yeah, yeah you know, Subban had more assists, and Weber had more goals. That's right. all. Yeah. Wow. I,
0: and, I, I I heard Montreal fans to, uh, comparing this to the Patrick Waugh trade, and I think that's ridiculous because they literally got nothing back for Patrick Wa. They got you know Jocelyn Thibault and Martin Rucinski, and and Wah was the, the guy who led the Avalanche to a Stanley Cup. I think you know I think it's uh, on the ice. It's a fair deal. Public relation wise, it's a disaster for the
3: Canadians. Yeah, yeah that's, why, that's why they're comparing it to Wad. It's just the popularity of the players, not the actual performance level. Right. I
1: no, I think that's fair. But this isn't Gomez for McDonough. I mean, this is like oh. that's This is not that trade. No. You know. I mean, this is a, this. No. I mean, that 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 to me is the worst Canadian trade. Uh, you know.
3: The, you, the other issue that I have with it is. We all know that it's hard to play in Montreal, in Toronto, if you're not equipped to deal with the media. Uh, Suban, who said yesterday, well, I don't know if the uh, uh, the Predators have a better defense now, but they have a better look at defense now. Um, he, was equipped, he, he was equipped to play in Montreal. <laughs> yes, he, he was. <laughs> he, could, he, could, he could deal with that. I don't know whether Shea is going to enjoy that experience. You know, Day is a quiet... Quiet guy, he's a quiet leader. Um, I think he's tolerant of the of the media experience, but to deal with it every day, like he will now have, I don't don't think that'll be enjoyable for him. But he's a consummate pro. Yeah. He'll he'll figure out a way to uh, to deal with it, and um, you know, you you hope it ends up working out for both uh, you know players, because certainly he'll the Weber. Weber will draw more attention uh, to his, uh, you know, his successes in the Nashville.
0: Well, Subban oh, got sure. his last shout going out the door. He said something to the effect of, I, "I know I have a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup now with Nashville than I did with Montreal." I'm just paraphrasing, but I mean, in reality, if Carey Price comes back and he's healthy, which is a big question mark, and you have Weber and you have that, that grit now with Shaw and, and Gallagher and Patcharadi. Returns to his. I still again, Kevin. I still think they need to add some offense, and I think I think I hope Bergevin knows that. If they do that, then for the next two to three years, this could be beneficial for the Canadians. But then, you know, Weber's 33, 34 years old, and Subban will be in 29 or 30. It, it, in the long run, I think this is a better deal for Nashville.
2: The last well, lap for Subban will be when he plays that comedy club in July because who knows what his material is going to be like now. It's just got a whole lot
3: better. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing about this, too, all of us had heard some of the crazy scenarios uh, that were suggested uh, for a possible Subban trade. And in a lot of those, they ended up not getting back a defenseman. You know, they yeah, were them yeah. forward to – to help uh, Mike's offense. I, I'm putting Mike in charge of the Montreal offense. <laughs> <laughs> and, and henceforth, henceforth, it will always be referred to as Mike's Montreal Mike's, Mike's, yeah, I'm sure you yeah, fans on, are on, appreciative on of, the, of that.
0: On the on the uh, Canadian's managerial depth chart, it's Mark Bergevin, Rick Dudley, assistant GM, Mike Agello, assistant GM in charge of offense. There
3: you right, go. you're go. you in charge of offense, you're
1: in charge yeah. of offense. So, the Canadians so, might be more off. angry about that than they were to but continue. Well,
3: mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, a lot of the scenarios that people proposed... Um, you know, all included, like him getting swapped for, you know, a a a Taylor Hall, um, right. or Or uh, Evgeny Malkin, or something of that ilk. So this is the case where, and then the problem with those trades as you and I had talked about yeah. is that suddenly leaves Jeff Petrie and the 107 year old uh, as <laughs> your top as your top two defensemen. All right. And, so two
2: things <laughs> can they offer Subban for Drysidle.
3: No, no, it was, you know, was Drysaitel, a first-round pick, and either Nurse or uh, Clevbum. Okay, bomb. so that's
2: what the whole package was. Okay, I mean, so is that deal a better deal?
3: Um, for who? For Montreal?
2: Yeah, for Montreal.
3: Oh yeah, uh, I, I, I actually, I know why they turned that down. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I think. Um, you know, Drysaitel, yeah, Drysaitel yeah, is, I think, has the potential to be a better player than Hall.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. The Oilers just made news again. NHL.com just texted us that they had bought out the final year of Lori Koprakowski's contract. So just like yeah.
2: there are a lot, well, there are a <laughs> lot of buyouts today. Can anybody explain Garth Snow turning down Travis Hamonic for Taylor Hall? Like he handed them to the Devils. That's that to me. That is a tactical error on the biggest, I, I, really on the biggest stage.
3: Yeah, that, that confirmed. Did that though? Actually, happened. Has that been confirmed?
2: Arthur Staple reported it. And there was
0: a report out of Buffalo that uh, that uh, Tim Murray was offered Taylor Hall for uh, Ramses Ristolainen, who's was an RFA. That's a non-starter because the yeah, same- they
3: can't they can't do that make that deal. Yeah, well, I mean, if anyone should understand that, it it you know it would be the Oilers. Why they would not make that trade? Because you can have all the great forwards in the world, but if you haven't got any defense, and Ristolainen is the only you know blue chip defenseman they have.
0: Then your, then your number one defenseman in Buffalo is Zach Bogosian. They're yeah. Not, I, what about the
2: non-trade? Said. What do you think about the non-trade from the Islanders?
1: If that's true. What,
2: well, what, it's on the yeah. website, and Arthur reported it. Right?
1: All right,
3: well, let's okay. say it's okay. So. Well, that, I, if that's true, I think that's uh, – I'm, I'm stunned by that because, uh, uh, you know, as much as the, they need a uh, – uh, you know, they hated to give up the defenseman, but I, I would do that to get a, a an A forward like uh, like Hall. So yeah, somebody
1: I, could play with Tavares perfectly. It would seem like I mean that that's um I mean well, is Hall one of the best wings? You know, someone said today he's one of the best left wings in the world, one of the top three or four left wings in the world. I mean, yeah. is that yeah. arguable? Yeah, no,
3: yeah. I, I think that's that's true. I I, I thought he should, you know he, I I had him projected to be on Team Canada the World Cup I I thought he was yeah that's true a lot
1: of people I, I did not I'd seen it from you and a couple people that that was that yeah man oh man I, I this is
3: I had him on the fourth line you know but
1: uh, so what they do next in Edmonton is very important obviously and like you've said the, the you know it does look like all indications now are that luches basically has them over a barrel it sounds like that at this point luches has um can get whatever he wants out of this deal it feels like
3: um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if I you know I don't want to accuse anybody of jumping the gun or cheating, but I don't, it doesn't feel to me like anybody's got anyone over a barrel. If this feels like a wink, wink.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, yeah. We've got you know yeah. this is already.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not but, trying to accuse them cheating. But, it just feels like that the, 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 there's so much expectation right now that Lucic is signing there that. Well, you, no,
3: but I, I guess no. I'm I, I'm actually going. I'm going the other way. I'm saying there. I think the deal is done. Like I don't. <laughs> right. Uh, right. You know,
0: this, this, this smacks of when Chiarelli was the assistant GM in Ottawa and he was going to be the GM in Boston, and Zidane Chara just happened to sign him. Yeah, more, yeah. You know, sort of, you know,
3: just a yeah, little... Yeah,
1: he'll sign at 12.05 or something like that. Yeah, or
3: yeah. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they've signed a contract and all that kind of stuff, but I, I'm saying I don't think he has them over the barrel because I, I think everybody knows where everybody's at.
2: Yeah, and, and, and we do
1: agree that Lucic is a good fit for Everton and has been a good fit the entire time. I mean, that's, it's that's only that's a good kind
2: temporary of... fit. Like, how many more years is he going to? Here's my worry. My worry is they signed Lucic to a five-year deal, and by the time Everton's really a cup-contending team, he's too old to do anything. Right. I, I will bet you, Russ, or it's too, too much mileage to do anything. Do. anything I, should I, say. I will bet you, Russ, it's six by six. Six,
0: six years, six million. I'll bet you that's what he gets. Yeah, and that's and to me, yeah, that's,
3: you know, I salute the, the signing though because it helps on so many different levels. They they yeah. need uh, someone with the grit, uh, particularly when we saw how he went down last year with the injury. They need someone to play with him uh, the first uh, couple of seasons, um, and you know, Luches can score twenty uh, goals as well. You know, he's won a championship. Uh, he's good in the dressing room this is a good signing and you know the one thing that i have a hard time with and i, I mean i'm making my peace with it is you know oftentimes we look at it as the average salary um and being what it is because of the cap but but sometimes general managers look at it yeah it's costing us six million dollars a year um in the cap hit but they sort of see it as they already know they're only going to get them for four years. You, you, you know, they figured that in their head, and they think it's still worth it. Like, you know, you're you're buying those four years, and you know you got to give them that way to get the cap hit the way you need it. But, you know, they're already counting on the fact that he might only be there for four years, and, and that's hard for me to get my arms around. But I think a lot of GMS actually look at it that way. They know when they sign it, okay, we're only going to have him for, you know, four years where he's going to be, and then it's, he's going to become a liability. Yeah.
2: Here's the thing, okay, so they wanted to get sandpaper, they got Maroon, they signed Maroon for a couple more years, he had 14 points in 16 games, why do you need more sandpaper? Like, I just, I don't know if Luchik is overkill or not, Maroon did a good job for them, why not just put him with McDavid? He played with Getzlaff and Perry. Yeah,
3: That's but I, I don't think it's the same, I think Luchik is a better
1: player. Yeah, yeah I think Maroon, you know, it's hard to say is that, just, you know, did he kind of get lightning in the bottle there? How long can he hold that Well,
3: he he played with
0: McDavid, so, I mean, you could say it, but I mean, but I think... I mean, Lucic brings a completely different dynamic when it comes to intimidation. Anyway, he doesn't have to fight; he just has to look at somebody and scare the crap out of them. So, and
1: you when know, you, you look, look at the Western conference, conference, when you look at playoff teams to get through the Western Conference, you have to be tough. You can't just you can't just be skill I mean, these there's I think there's a, a developed level of toughness in the West that's really necessary.
2: Sure, but they're yeah. losing speed in every one of these trades. Like Taylor Hall's one of the fastest players in hockey; he's gone. If they right. get Tyson Bowery for Nugent Hopkins, that's on the next fastest guy in the team. He's gone. Like all of a sudden now you you're literally you are turning the oilers a bit into the Boston Bruins. And maybe that's good, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Well, that's well the, the,
3: I I think you're right on, on all these kind of things, but um you know, Conor McDavid is still fast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so Dry is
1: uh, there. I mean still um,
2: fast too.
1: Pujarvi's. Fa- I mean, they've got they've, they 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 have a lot. I mean, they have plenty of offense, and they could make this trade. Now, here's the big question that I had the other day because I was talking to somebody and I was thinking to myself: If Kukalainen takes Pujarvi at number three, does any of this happen?
3: Yes. You
1: yeah. think you think you think Hall still gets traded to New Jersey?
3: Yeah, I do. I uh, because I uh, you know they were going to trade forwards, and I just assumed. I think we all assumed it would be Everly. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I thought Everly could have been traded still, but
1: I mean, I think Hall because Piarré a wing because he comes in the way he does. I think this makes Hall specifically vulnerable.
0: Um, I mean, all 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 Puyarvi going at three changes is, is that at, at Edmonton at four probably takes Kachuk instead of taking instead of taking I, I think that's all. You know, it's gonna. They, it, I yeah. don't know if they would have been in on Dubois, but they probably would have been in on Kachuk. They. It doesn't sound like they were in on uh, the defenseman, Yulevi or Sokachev. Otherwise, they would have taken him at four. Right. So,
1: well, like I've heard many times now that, that that the Oilers were working like crazy to try to get up to number yeah. two. That, there that was was that a
0: three. Way. There was a three-way deal supposedly between Columbus, Calgary, and Edmonton that would have resulted in, I think, Calgary moving up to three and Edmonton moving down to six. Um, they
1: really wanted to get, get to M- two. They really they, their whole their whole thing was they they believed that the combination you know of Patrick Laine and Connor McDavid was their Curry Gretzky that they thought if they could get Laine they had it. Um, and they and from what you know from all that I've heard, heard that it, that was that was the, the, the um the, the team at um, Winnipeg really had to think long and hard. It was a very it was a very big time trade. Maybe that was who knows. Maybe that was Taylor Hall and the number four for or number two, or who knows what that was. But that could have been something like that. It was, it was apparently a really tough trade to turn down. That's what at least I heard. The part we, I
2: feel bad about for Edmonton fans is they definitely are getting better. But this is the West. So even if they get 25% better,
1: right,
2: <laughs> that probably still means they may not make the playoffs. And it still might mean they're two years or more for making the playoffs. Like it's not. A, this is None of these moves are going to guarantee them a playoff spot because of the, where they play and yet they may be a lot better. And so that's the other part that you kind of wonder, are they doing it all at once now? Is it too much? Like, they didn't do anything last year. They should have probably done more last year and then this year. It just seems like they're doing it all this year. And and is yeah. the
0: difference between them being playoff competitive and being where they've been the last few years, the difference between a bad defense and a middle of the road defense. Because right now, without adding a number one defenseman, they're putting together a sort of middle of the road median
2: defense. It's not something that's going to like right. play it better. might be an average defense. Yeah. But they still have to replace Taylor Hall's points. Like even Lucic's not gonna Lucic's not going to replace Taylor Hall's yeah. points. Correct.
3: Yeah, well yeah. I if you let's look at let's break down mm-hmm. championship Pittsburgh Penguins defense. Right. And um you know, I think everybody loves LeTang, and he's a, a big minutes eater, and he's a dynamic offensive player, and he's a very good one-on-one defender, and he's he's all that. Best slasher in the league. Yeah, but Trevor Daly got hurt. So, right. yeah, so now all of a sudden, you know, we're dealing with Ian Cole and Ben Lovejoy. Right. Uh, and, yeah, and um, the, the guy that uh, Mike just loves so much, Schultz, the defenseman, you know, came in and played. Now, all of these defensemen, um, you know, they all played their hearts out. And, I, you yeah. know, see, I was at that, and they, they were a very effective unit and played well. But none of those guys are – are. I, I, is there anybody in that group that's above average? Yeah, he
2: Cole's yeah. definitely above average. I always thought in college he was above average. He is a really good defenseman. He just has no offense in his game. So I think that sort of gets overlooked a little. But I think he's an above average. I do.
3: Well, I see. I don't think you could. If you've got no offense, I don't think you can be above average in the NHL. I, mean,
2: I think you can. He moves the pocket. He does everything else.
3: So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, but uh, yeah, I don't know. See, I see. I see. To, to I me, saying, it, it, a- average is a two-way guy. Yeah, uh, who does a little bit of everything. Right. And and you know and and I like Ian Cole. Like I, I'd want him on my team for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to make a point that no, I think your points all well taken, and I think yeah, like, I, I don't I, think I, you got to get I don't think you got to get uh, you know the Calgary Flames have a great defense, and I didn't see them in the playoffs.
2: True, but Clefbaum's <laughs> not even Latang, so even at that number one, you don't really have a number one. So then, at your number one is your number two, and two is your three. So their their best hope is that they're an average defense in the West.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's no, right.
1: But they can score. I think what we saw this, you know, I mean, they what we saw this year is San Jose got pretty far because they could score goals. I mean, you have to be able to score goals, and you know, yeah. they can they can score goals. And Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. He eventually will lead their team his team into the playoffs. There's no question yes, right. about
2: it. But in the
0: end, San Jose got exposed. For I mean, we, we everybody thought going into the playoffs, and the reason why like I took Los Angeles in the first round over San Jose is because I thought their defense, other than Burns, was weak. And, you know, in the final, it finally exposed itself. Their offense covered it up in the first three rounds. But Paul Martin was exposed in, in the, uh, in, yeah. in the playoffs. Roman Polak was exposed in the Stanley Cup final. So, I mean, in the well, end. Everyone you
1: know, know, who played the Penguins okay. was exposed in the playoffs. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line.
3: That's right. And, you know the one thing about the Penguins that, you know, the the speed that everybody talked about it wasn't about offense. It was about the defense. Like every every coach after playing the Penguins said exactly the same thing. Every time we got the puck, we never had any darn time to make a play. Right. So it wasn't that you know they were flying up ice and were mesmerizing, and you couldn't deal with their speed from an uh, a offensive standpoint. Yeah. He couldn't deal with their speed from the defensive standpoint. Right. You know? My last
2: question on that team right. is the one that everybody's overlooking, will Cam Talbot be over, over, above average this year? Like, that's a question. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. But, I, you know, the one thing that they know is if they don't love Cam Talbot this year, there'll be plenty of goalies for them to to it. Yeah. Sure, but right. then they're,
2: they're 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 kicking the can down the road again, and now all of a sudden, now they got to get a goalie when they thought they had everything else fixed.
1: Yeah, no. Now, that's, that's true. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, but Ben Bishop's out there, so you know, heck, they could, you know. Right. I mean,
0: Mark Andre Fleury, Jonathan Bernier, keep going. The list now Russ,
1: this quote you put in here from sta- from uh Staples Twitter is pretty Staples crazy. Twitter, yeah. I wanna read this for a second. Um can certainly can certainly debate skills of Hall Hammick trade, but wasn't a trade the Alice felt they could make with one of the emotional leaders of the team. Is that emotional leader being Hamanick? Yes, um, Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a fascinating quote. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything against Hamnick, and he's a good guy and he's a good leader. But at the same time, this guy requested the trade last year. I mean, the last we saw, I mean, he, I mean,
3: yeah, but I think people take into account the extenuating circumstances. Okay, all right. All but right, but uh,
2: here's the thing, Kev. At the hmm. end of the day, you could get a top ten scorer in the league for a number four or best number three defenseman, emotional leader or not. Don't you make that deal?
3: Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, I, I sure would have made it. Um, That's a fascinating one for the, especially because you need to keep John Tavares happy right now so much. Like you are in a spot where you're losing a Poso. You're losing – you're
3: losing, you know, and you don't have anybody coming in.
2: You get Taylor yeah. Hall. Tavares probably signs an extension this summer.
3: Well, see here, yeah. Here's the thing, too. I mean, the reason Steven Stamkos is, is still a Lightning player is because, you know, the reason why people leave through free agency is to find a better circumstance mm-hmm. uh, for themselves. And I think Stephen Stamkos, and we've talked about this in previous shows, uh, looked at the um, environment that he was heading into and looked at each of those teams and said, where is it that I'm getting a better situation? Because he really wasn't. Um, you know, he the, the best team of all those teams that were uh, going to court him, the Lightning were, were a better team than that, and the money... Although, you know, someone could have given him an extra million, you know, the Florida's uh, income tax, uh, the lack thereof, um, made it, you know, put it on par with a $10 million salary or just above $10 million. Yeah. Um, And in all situations, it it wasn't better than where it was at. And I think that's kind of what it all came down to.
2: Yeah, I want to skip my personal feeling on this because I heard a lot about this today. I don't think Stamkos left a ton of money on the table. I think that's the perception, and until we hear otherwise from like the Leafs or somebody else that was offering, I don't know if the other offers were so much more. I think the blood clot did take down the offers from the other teams. I do. Russ, I don't think we'll ever hear specifics from the
0: Leafs, but I know Steve Simmons reported yesterday that more than likely the advertising endorsements that he turned down could have, over the eight years, turn up. Right, to be but open. he
2: doesn't want to do advertising <laughs> endorsements. Right, right. <laughs> that's but the thing.
0: Russ, he wasn't leaving Tampa. I mean, if, if money was the motivation and the you know, he would have followed what what the PA wanted and what Newport Sports wanted, he would have been the highest paid player in the league. I believe the Leafs Maybe. would have made him an offer greater than what Kane and
1: Taves <laughs>
0: made. So <laughs> ten point so seven five million. Can I throw something we'll out that is crazy?
1: I wanna show this I got a conspiracy theory on this that I heard today, which is just this is a really good one. Um mm-hmm. and I'm not it's saying so this is already. true, what was that?
0: Getting the drum roll ready here.
1: Okay, this is a really good conspiracy theory. You know when they brought Stamkos up and they talked to him. Oh, no, 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 no. When they brought him up to Toronto and they brought in the guy from you know Mr. Tire or whatever Canadian Tire, right? I heard somebody say that what if Stamkos looked at looked at all that and said, "That's exactly what I don't want. Like I don't right. want all that publicity. I don't right. want to. I don't want to be Mr. Tire in Canada. Like He's I would. I want to be." The,
2: and, you know, I mean, I, I'm just throwing it out there. It's an interesting thing. No, Maybe I agree was... with you because I think if Stamkos could show up at the rink and make eight and a half, which is worth like nine and a half or ten, and the only way he could make that nine, nine and a half or ten in Toronto is by also having to pitch Canadian Tire, he no. probably doesn't want to do it.
1: I'm
0: telling you right now that that's not – that probably is not the case. We don't know.
1: We don't know because we, we have none know. of us we don't know.
0: We the... do uh, from, from my point of view and from what, what, I, what I could see if with Buffalo – potentially hmm. offering him eleven to twelve million, which is what everything was being talked about uh at the draft or the last weekend. Hmm. Toronto was gonna make him the highest paid player in the league. what this is is what Kevin said. he sees a three or four year window in Tampa.
1: oh, I think that that's true too yeah winners, I mean, I, mean I, think, I think I think the of a majority that's true. I'm just throwing this out there as an interesting conspiracy you know, it,
3: but, yeah. it's 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 never one thing it's always all, yeah, it's always all, of, all and, and you know the other thing that I took note of. You know, he, he's very respected in Tampa. Like, the players love him. Uh, he's a good captain. Yeah. Quite the issue about the center ice, he and John Cooper have a mutual respect. Eisenman respects him. He has a good relationship with, with Vinick. And this is an important thing. He has some measure, and we'll put quotes around that, of privacy that he could not find in other cities. Like, he can't go. He told me he can go out to eat and occasionally slide in and out and not even be noticed. Now, Not always, but sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, Here you so When you factor all that in, I think it I just... Think that's right, too. So two, two quotes
0: from Stamkos. He's holding a press conference right now. The thought all along has been, let's just be as informed as possible. I think that Tampa gives me the best ch- chance to win. Also, for me, the money was not what it was all about. So that feeds into... He's got the best chance to win in Tampa. And you never know, two or three years down the road, if they've won their Stanley Cup, he's got a no-move clause. He, If he wants to go somewhere, he can go somewhere. He may want to finish out his career in Tampa. He it's not like to-
1: he's that underpaid, though, at 8500000 million. Let's no, no, start no, the Tamcos man. rumors now because let's yeah.
3: start. <laughs> let's also not forget that he grew up idolizing Steve Eisenman. What did right. Steve Eisenman do? He yeah. played for one team his whole career. Right,
1: right, right. right. And now, Steve Heisman's team. I want to talk about that real quick before you get, get go. Kev. Um, Detroit now suddenly has a ton of money to spend. Yeah. Uh, and they're entering a UFA, and this is a rarity for Detroit. I can't remember a UFA day where they've had
3: where they've been the team with the most amount of money to spend. I mean, this is well, uh, yeah, not not in the salary cap era. No, right. you now they got 11 million bucks. Um, you know, well they actually have nineteen, but they got them signed to Kaiser and uh, Mrazek, but uh, right. um, uh, and all that was going to go to one player. They were going to put all their eggs in the Stamkos basket. So, right. I think what you're going to see now is uh, they're going to pick their way through the buffet at the Chinese restaurant. One from <laughs> column A and one from column B. Like I, yeah. I think they'll try to get Brower. Um, I think he fits what they're trying to accomplish. I know. From uh, talking to insiders there, that they want to get some toughness on every line, right? And he could do that. Um, you know, will they make a one-year offer to Campbell? I don't think they'll get him. I think he's going to go elsewhere. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, perhaps they'll do that. I think they'll poke around at Akposo. I the one guy that I'm very curious about is David Backus. Like, yeah, they've always sort of. Uh, you know, had a fascination with him. Uh, the only problem is, and you and I have talked about this, is just his age. You know, and he right. wants a five-year deal uh, or longer. So, you know, now oh, wow. you're you're talking about pushing into the late thirties, and you just he's got a lot of miles on him. you love everything about him except, yeah. to, you know, yeah. Uh, or, no,
2: or do they get Brower and make a trade for um for Shattenkirk and give him his extension?
3: Yeah, the the the, the asking price for Shattenkirk by all accounts, is very, very, very high.
0: To, so, use your, to use your Chinese food analogy, Kevin, is there any interest in, sweet, in the sweet and sour Eric Stahl? The,
3: well, you know, they need a center. Uh, you know, they really do, and, and I've thought about that. But the problem is everybody tells me that, and if I know this, then that, you know, his right. office is not where it needs to be in order to be paid to be a top six uh, forward so right. you know he's probably a two a, a second liner um so I'm, but that makes sense i i agree i you know now like right now if you start the season you're dylan larkin and zetterberg's got to play center all the time and i don't know whether his back can take that yeah. right but so, so then you got to move yeah. my life yeah. up to be number two um and he yeah, has surprisingly good, good hands um, for a, a a big guy, but I don't know that he is a number two. So I think he's a really good number three. So you know, I, I heard, just heard. Uh, I don't know whether this is true, but I had heard from a reasonable source that the Edmonton Oilers took a run at Riley Sheehan. They wanted him to hmm. be the number three center. Hmm. Uh, they That's wanted, interesting. And the Red Wings uh, did did not bite. They wanted to keep him.
2: Maybe would Detroit take a run at Antoine Vermette and try and get him out of Arizona because. That would solve their center and, and some face-off issues for them. And Martin Hansel's also available because he's got one year left in a contract, and
0: his name has been bandied about for Arizona too. So.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's uh, I did talk to uh, Yamo Kekalainen yesterday, um, and I extensively called to talk to him about Seth Jones, but we got into a discussion about um, what he was planning to do in free agency, just in general terms, and he just said that you know after the big uh, – chips fall he would see what's there uh, but you know he wasn't uh, and who knows i mean he you know he's not going to give away the grand strategy but he, he didn't seem like he was as hung up on finding the number one center as as most of us are projecting their issue to be like he felt like their center depth was strong enough that it was it would help them overcome the fact they don't really have a true number one yeah and then, they felt like he felt all their centers were good, solid, two-way centers, and uh, his wingers were good, you know, with Saad and uh, uh, you know Felino there. That he expects them to have better years. So, I
2: mean, is like, gritty enough to fill the spot, and Wenberg certainly has upside, so he's not in horrible shape.
3: They are very well, much. That, yeah, that that I think that's quite exactly what his assessment was. He's. Yeah, he's okay, and they really like their defense. Uh, oh, they do. I know. I talked to them a lot better. A
2: lot they're better.
1: They're really high on um, the kid coming in You know, from... um Warrens, Rins- oh, Rins- yeah. Rins.
2: If he plays this year, it would be amazing. I don't know if he'll play, but he's, he's really
1: close. I was told he yeah. is in this year. He is their I, best defenseman. I, 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 I defense. had every impression that he's... Yeah, he's. Yeah, but they, he has I was I asked a, yesterday, and these he, are best defenseman they're playing. I'm I kidding. know, but
2: it's Torts as a coach, we'll see how it works out in camp and everything. No, <laughs> yeah,
1: they, he likes them, actually. Apparently, um, I mean, then they have they have a really they do have a solid three defense. You know, I mean, they've got three really good defenders there. Um, I the only thing I heard about them today was a possibility of moving
3: Hartnell and retaining half the salary. Um, well, that, that's interesting because uh, Yarmol said to me that. Don't rule out that we may make one more move to give us some cap flexibility. Yeah, and that's
1: I, I heard L. A. and the Islanders being interested in Scott Hartnell. L. A. is a really fascinating one with Scott Hartnell. That that could be a
3: good fit when you think I about it. Either
2: way, it would fit either way. It would.
3: Well, here's a uh, you know what's interesting about the Hartnell thing is there's so much been so much discussion about Hartnell moving. That he's now sort of uh, covered in sort of negativity. Like, I know. Like we got to get rid of Hardin. Hardin can still play. He's, he's still a good. twenty goal guy. He's still yeah. a twenty goal scorer. Twenty goal scorer, and he's got grit and fire, and yeah. Uh, like I, you know, I just, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you know a guy's been part of trade rumors for so long. Yeah. Like you know he's useless yeah. and he's trying to get rid of him. That's not. The, <laughs> that's not the issue. Well,
0: it, right. the one thing the they they bought out Feder and they bought out Jared Bull today. Um, if the rules for expansion stay the same, they have to protect David Clarkson because he's got a no move clause. So, and that, that that's just bizarre. But that yep. they didn't buy him out because there's no cap relief in it, which is a, it just just shows how yeah. bad that contract was.
1: Yeah. 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 So um, so we'll let you go. Okay, but what, I wanted, what I wanted to do from you, I'm going to talk to you a bit later about this. We're having a little contest tomorrow and I wanted to get you in on this contest. And the contest is to try to pick the five players who tomorrow will make the most money in signings. Like just you know, okay. so basically having have fun with that, you know. Um, and I'll talk to you about it later or something like that. But um,
0: we should just do so an email. Uh, we will just do an email change. I'll do, just an, do an email. email. Yeah. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you guys gonna go
3: on uh, all day
1: tomorrow? Yes, yeah, so we're gonna be on from 11 a.m. on. And uh, yeah, so we'll you know if you have a chance yeah. to jump in, or we'll call you, or so. On PM will be. I'll
3: so send an invite people. for sure. Yeah, I, I can probably jump. Uh, in and out, but I would not be able to stay Good. for anything.
1: Good. So well, that would all be wonderful. Um, last thought I guess last question is Akposo. Um what are your thoughts on Akposo right now? Do you is... I
3: I have heard uh that he has become sort of the hot property. Right. That that everybody now is talking about Akposo because he's a younger of free agent. Right. And you know you're getting all of his prime years and 67 goals in 3 seasons, big body, um you know he's not certainly a uh you know, a, po- a pounding away type uh, forward, but he's a big body. Um, and uh, I-, I think most of the teams looking for offense are going to talk to him. I think, you know, the Red Wings, the yeah. Bruins, the Devil. I think they'll
2: all be in on him. I think he can price himself out, though. I think there's a limit to
1: him. Well, somebody's going to have to pay him because if all his teams are talking to him. No, he'll, he'll get money. paid.
2: But, I mean, when we're hearing $8 million, you can't pay Kyle. Oh, o- no. I mean,
3: I mean that's, redi- that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of the $8 million tag. Uh who- that's, that's, the what asking that's what
0: he for. wants. Yeah. That's the oh, well, Matt Martin wants $3 million. Well, right. Let's keep things in perspective here. I, I, th- I do think he's in yeah. definitely get over six and could get
2: close to seven. Yeah. But if he's and in the he, six-and-a-half range, that's fine. Anything over that, you are risking it because he hasn't been great in the playoffs either. I mean, that's yeah. that's realistic.
3: Yeah, but I thought he was okay. I watched a couple of games uh of that uh, Islander series, and I thought he was pretty, okay, you know, pretty good. It's
2: okay, actually. but he could have been more of a leader, and I think they felt that way, too.
1: Yeah, I, I, the Islanders I, are going to have to replace him with somebody, too. I mean, they're they going to have to do they something. They really are. I mean, they I can't the just points. not replace him. I mean, if they, if they expect to not go backwards,
3: I mean... The yeah, would, you know? I, I cut myself off when I was making that point. I started okay. to talk about Tavares, and I went to Stamkos uh, to make my point, and then I never came back. And the point I was making is, when Tavares comes up, He's not going to look at his team the same way uh, Stamkos <laughs> looked no. at the Lightning unless they do something right. Right with that that uh, group, um, you know, yeah. to improve that group. It's Love not you. the same. They're just not well, in the same position.
0: But unlike Stamkos, I think the Islanders will open up. Will open up the books in terms of money. I think they'll pay him yeah. ten and a half million dollars because they can. They have the flexibility to do so. Stamkos yeah. took a hometown discount, so they could pay other guys. And you know he, get, you know he got great money, but he also knows he's got a chance the next two or three years.
1: But a lot of people soon. might, a lot of people might pay Tavares ten or eleven million dollars at that point. I mean that's the thing Toronto about that.
0: Start that act because I'm telling you right now, the Toronto fans are grasping at straws like Tavares in 2018. I mean, no,
1: I'm not talking talk about fast Toronto, fast fast. but I'm just yeah, saying there's a correct. lot of. There's a lot of – I mean, it, you know, and I think Kevin's dead on it. If, if they're not competitive at that point and he no, they, they be
2: competitive, I think for as long as the Islanders are in the Barclays Center, they need to continue their marketing and they need to have a big name, and they will pay that big name. They will. But who can they get?
1: I mean, if a Posa wasn't an Islander, I would argue he's the player they should go after. Yeah. I've I never <laughs> understood why they couldn't get that done. So, <laughs> that's, that's the truth, isn't it? I mean, that's, he's the guy who they need. I mean – and when, when I was
3: filling out the, my needs thing this morning, I reached the same conclusion when I said, okay, who's a good fit for the Islanders? It's Akposo. Well,
2: the best, here's the thing, though. The best fit for the Islanders may be in-house with Michael Dalcole, Cole, and then their next best fit is, is um, Matthew right. Barzell. And so both of those guys may be the answer, and it may not be on the free agent market. He may like playing so much with Dal Cole, then that works. We have right. to yeah. just wait and see.
3: Yeah, that that you know that's that is a possibility.
2: I, I'll tell you this: I think there are going to be a
0: sizable amount of teams that are not going to be shopping at the, the you know in the high rent district. They're they're going to be they're going to be shopping at Dollar Tree. They're going to be looking at you know young yeah. guys who didn't get guys qualified. Like that, yep. Yeah, and to, I think Toronto was one of them. They're going to be looking for young veterans who they can get on a couple year deal or stopgap uh, older guys who They can flip for draft picks again. I think that's look. What Ranger about. fans
2: going not jump off a cliff. They've got no. There's no buzz. They didn't get any cap relief. Like they're in a bad spot. Well,
3: there's I, there's a whole lot of teams. Zach and I talked about this. Um, that just yeah. aren't going to do anything. Right. Uh, you know, they're just looking at small things. Uh, and they they just don't have the cap room, or um, they don't want to use that cap room. I mean. Uh, Kekalainen said was was talking about the fact that you know one of the things he's considering is just saving the room that he has and um, then maybe utilize it during the season once he sees where the team is at. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a
1: good which, move. Which wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, I think the Columbus is going to be competitive. I think New Jersey. I mean, I think the Metro Division. You know, it's is getting, getting better. I
2: think Kekalainen deserves a lot of credit. He took a hit at the draft, and I think everything else he's done right. And I think that he. Should be off the hot seat, even though there's a lot of fans out there that seem to still be uh, angry with him for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I think it's wrong.
1: Teams- they have a limit, though. I think that they're a good team, but I, they can't compete if unless they get a cut. They need they need to get a big center to compete at, a, at a, to really to really win. They can make the playoffs with this team, but can they go any further? I mean,
2: than Weber that? could turn into that big center this year. Like we don't know. He's really good.
1: That's very possible. Well, I want to thank everybody today. We'll be back tomorrow at eleven a.m. Um, See you later, guys. See you later, Kevin. Thank yeah. you very much yeah. for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back then for sure. We will be going right on through. We're going to have guests joining us throughout the day, different different people. Um, and it's going to be a fascinating one. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think that the Stamkos thing happening beforehand does make tomorrow a lot more clear. And lot I, think, more
0: interesting. I, I think it makes teams that were in it, with the exception of Toronto, I mean Detroit and Buffalo, Montreal, that much more desperate to make uh, yeah. A splash, and I think that exposes them to making a bad signing. Like somebody, if Detroit or Buffalo signs a Pozo for seven million dollars, I, I think I'll be. I think their fans should be banging their heads against. The that.
2: last thing I'll leave it with, and this is where I was getting at with Shirelli, there's certain years where the market's robust with players. There's certain years where it's not right. I've I've experienced this with my baseball team, and I've right. seen the Mets go shopping and spend big money and not a great free agent year, and pay the wrong guy too much money. And I think we may see that tomorrow.
1: Yeah, although there's not a lot of money out there, so we have a real. That's that's the other thing. There's just there's just the the cap not going up, and I mean I think there's gonna be a lot of players that are shut out. Like I said, no, but
2: even they, like Detroit you know may spend like a drunk Yeah, sale. I mean I
1: think I think Detroit since they set themselves up, you know, for Stamkos and they they cleared all that cap space. They're definitely going to get one or two players, but I don't think there's going to be many teams that are going to get two players tomorrow. I think you're going to be looking at a lot of one player teams. Yep. Um
0: and and you're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of veterans. I mean, Kevin mentioned Campbell. You know, you could see them sign like a one year deal with a team like Campbell could go to Chicago, he could go to Detroit for one year and go in a position to win to where he thinks he can win. Take players taking that short-term deal to go where they want to go, and then they can hit free agency a year later or retire in Campbell's case. Right. I'll say
2: this to Ranger fans. You know, Nick Holden may be their pickup. Like That may be it. They may not be yeah. able to do anything else. And if that's the case, that's the case. I heard an interview with him yesterday, and he was a Columbus draft pick, so he's friends with Broussard and Nash, so maybe there's some camaraderie yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all I, I mean, got. there were
1: a lot of rumors last that Nash was that Nash was being, you know, that there was a possibility of Nash it's getting
2: stopped. But again, it's a tough deal to take.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen now. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like that that I think that was tied into Stam- them going after Stamkos. I really do. It had to be, you know. So I think that now, now you hold on to Nash because you really, right. I mean, they to move Nash, they were going to have to add something pretty significant from what I was yeah. hearing, and they're not going to want to do that now. Um, I think a lot of the players you're talking about, Mike, like you know, a lot of the. Um, you know guys that you get for a million and a half to two or maybe one to two are gonna are not gonna be tomorrow. I think that that's I think we're gonna see a lot of those guys in the coming weeks but I oh, think yeah, right. tomorrow we'll see it'll you know, we'll see like maybe ten or so players but it won't be it won't be that crazy tomorrow i think it'll be it'll be it'll be a lot of speculation will be a lot of rumors flying around for sure but whether what actually gets done tomorrow is gonna to be fascinating to see to see'cause agree. I don't think there's going to be like I think Aposto might get done tomorrow, but he might not. You know, it might be the kind of thing if he's really holding out for that kind of money, he's gonna. If you're Aposto right now, you might as well hold out, I guess. Um,
2: and and I'm going to bring a crossword puzzle just in case. I'll drops.
1: right, we drops. Right. we'll have fun. We always do. We got through, if we got through last year's trade deadline, guys, we can get through anything. That's all I can say. Our that's last true. trade deadline was the worst of all. So um. It was, we can get through the trade, and 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 I think the trades are still, and I think trades are still out there right now. I do. I think there's, I I still think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to get moved. I've talked to people about it, and I think they're going to move him too. I did talk to somebody in the Western Conference. Oh, and, oh, and this is another thing that I want to mention. I did talk to two Eastern Conference GMs, okay, and three in the West. Um, two of them, two in the East, said to me that they didn't even know Hall was available. Now, you can sit there and say, that's bizarre, because yeah, we all knew, and someone tweeted out, oh, we all knew Hall was available. No, you actually really didn't know. We didn't no, know Hall was – I mean, you we could all sit there and rumor, but until, you know, Edmonton says to you, Hall is available, you don't think that that's possible. So right, they go right. out there, and, you know, a couple of them were actually mad. They're like, man, we could have given – and there was that – we could have given more for Hall, that kind of thing was going on. Um I did get the impression, though, that no team in the West was – and I think that Edmonton definitely kept him out of the Western Conference. They definitely wanted to move him. They did not want to trade. They did not want him to come back to bite them in this case. And right. we've talked about lately that that hasn't happened as much. The teams are really not caring as much. They'll trade within division. But this is the case where they did definitely move him out of the conference. And the teams they talked to all seem to be basically out of the conference. Um, so, yeah, I think that's – that. You know, when you look at Buffalo and the Islanders um, – you know, and I even even heard Carolina was, and and that's that's where I kind of really would have been even. I mean, Justin Falk for Taylor Hall, I mean that wouldn't that would not have blown me away if that had happened. I would have been like, okay, because we just talked about Justin Falk yesterday. Why would you trade Justin Falk? Well, if you get Taylor Hall, you might.
2: Right, that would have been a better pickup for them, but they didn't do it.
1: No, I mean, but that wouldn't have been crazy. That's the crazy thing about all this. You know, it would right. have been like it would have been like wouldn't have been as crazy as this. I mean, we've also you've we've talked about Larson, you and I, I think, rest before in the yeah. press box because I'm actually a I'm actually a Larson guy. Like I actually
2: I like him too. I, when people were saying he was a bust, I was like, he is not a bust. It's just that what you're expecting out of him because yeah. of where he was drafted is not what you're necessarily seeing. Right. And even Ray Shero said, "Hey, we kept him in a largely defensive role. I mean, he does have a little offense, but we didn't even give him a chance." He said, "Andy Green had 40 points two years ago, but we didn't even give him a chance to get 40 points last year because of the role we right. put him." In. Right. You have to remember those things too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, when you watch Larson play, you understand why he was a good draft pick. You see he's yeah. a smooth skater. He makes he makes some does make some smart plays. He
2: I did does... see a stat out there that he only had like twenty-nine turnovers last year and like eighty something attempts, like I guess in the offensive zone or wherever it was. And that's a good number. It was a lot lower than a lot of other defensemen.
1: Tomorrow, one of the things I want to talk about, guys, and I would get into it now, but it's a long discussion that we can save for tomorrow because we might need the thing to talk about, but I remember this. Bring up advanced stats to me tomorrow because I had a complete and utter just explosion about them today on Twitter with some people. And okay. I am I am not against advanced stats at all, but the, what these people were saying, they could find the things they said that you can find out of advanced stats was just unbelievable to me. Um, advanced stats will tell you some things, but they will definitely not tell you some things too. So there's some that that we want to talk about that tomorrow because that's a big rat hole. But um. We'll no, definitely, that'll definitely kill a couple hours tomorrow. So if you want, if you're an advanced stats junkie and you want to hear a big good debate tomorrow, we'll have it we'll have it out then.
2: Cohen out.
1: Yep. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey, folks. We will talk to you soon.
4: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket